a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. Mark, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Uh, we we met earlier uh, this month, or actually last month, at uh, the Energy Life Consultancy Conference, and our theme there was all about uncertainty, and I can't think it's got any better. We thought we were a day away from Brexit. No one knows when it's going to be. It could be a freaky Halloween deal. Who knows? But moving aside from that, the uncertainty of the energy markets is now pretty much daily business. So... What do you say to people when they ask you, how do I find some sort of certainty in this time? So there's no certainty, but what you can do is manage the uncertainty. Um, I mean, on, on the Brexit front, I guess when you're on a winner, when we're all having so much fun and uh, no one at all is uh, absolutely sick to the back teeth of it, why not prolong a good thing, you know? Of course. It would be a shame to let it, let it end prematurely, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, uh, but in terms of the energy market, actually, sometimes you, want the end, you do want the uncertainty to end prematurely because you've got a business to run, you've got an organization, you've got plans to put in place um, and making sure that the uncertainty therefore is managed because you are transferring risk to your partners, you are getting good advice about um, your forward purchasing strategy, um, uh, hedging, but you're also mitigating some of the other uncertainty, some of the regulatory uncertainty by looking at um, what services you need, whether you need to reduce consumption, whether you need a better understanding of your, of your load profile. All, all of those things um, uh, is about actually finding the right partners throughout the industry and working with them to make sure that you're, you're addressing the uncertainty and trying to mitigate it. But I think, I think the thing is, you know, uncertainty in some ways is good. Volatility. You could, you could call uncertainty volatility and everyone knows that there's an opportunity in volatility as well as a risk. But this uncertainty feels more about sort of a crippling of decision, decision making. Am I reading that wrong or is that how you see it? Uh... There are, there are plenty of decisions that are getting taken. I mean, the, um, uh, the regulation to roll out smart meters across the UK um, it, it is a bold move and we welcome it. You know, it's very much aligned with our beliefs and our, and our, and our, our purpose at, uh, at, at Haven Power and at Drax um, that actually the decarbonisation of baseload is only one part of quite a complex jigsaw. Actually, the management of the entire system and the entire network um, it, it is a really important feature of it. So enabling um, all consumers to understand their, uh, their consumption, um, but also their consumption patterns, the peaks and troughs, um, and then enabling them to work with their partners in the energy industry, whether those be consultants or suppliers, um, to actually start to get services to help them and advice to help them manage that those patterns, you know that that's a bold move. That is a decision that's getting taken. That's that's um, uh, that's getting pushed through the industry. There's plenty of other, uh, you know, plenty of other issues that are floating around. Some of which are nice hoary old chestnuts like, uh, uh, you know, um, consultant regulation and and uh, and various things like that, which are which are nudging along, but. Yeah, but they're um, nudging, they've been nudging I, along for about six years, though, haven't you? That, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, quite. I, I think it'd be wrong to characterise that there aren't decisions getting taken. Um, would we like more uh, regulatory certainty and more decisions across the board? 
um, sooner? Well, absolutely we would, but not if those end up in being the wrong decisions and yeah, no, know, I mean, point, point the industry in the wrong way. I understand what you're saying, but if you know, you look at Claire Perry, the energy minister who, you know, was on the radio again today and trying to uh, bolster the kind of what is happening in times of decision making and, you know, greening the economy in, in the light of all these climate protests. But there is, I, I feel that the Brexit thing has overshadowed a lot of things, a lot of parliamentary work. And as we know, this industry is driven unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you say it, with a lot of legislative pressure. And so, you know, decision-making on things like investment for big capital projects or what the government will do in certain terms of subsidies for low carbon, that seems to have sort of stagnated a bit. Do you think that's affected your decision-making as a company? Or are you sort of just saying, we'll do what we're doing, irrespective of waiting for the legislation to catch up? Yeah, much more the latter. Um, the... Um and, and I guess I'm sort of I'm I'm answering this as Haven and as Drax. Yes. Um, uh, in uh, some of the questions, particularly about um, long-term decisions in in um, Haven and across retail, you know, we're, we're definitely investing in the area. Um, we are um, investing in new services and new capabilities and making some of those uh, uh, long-term positions to uh, long-term decisions to position ourselves for the future. Um, we are, um, as Drax, we're also investing in some uh, extremely long-term things. Mm. So we are um, working on our supply chain of biomass to make sure that that becomes uh, commercially viable and that we can continue to be to drive that low cost of um, low cost and low carbon um, energy at part of the mix that dispatchable power in the future. Um, regardless of subsidies and whatever the regulate, whatever the regulatory and uh, policy decisions from government, um, we're, we're also working on um, on some things like bioenergy, carbon capture and storage, um, uh, and piloting that, which is you know an extremely far-sighted um, uh, part of our mission, rather than a, a narrow response to a defined commerciality of, of a regulatory or a policy decision. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. I suppose the thing is, for your customers, uh, there was a time where they just said, hey, how are you doing, Mark? Give me some energy. Thank you very much. Here's the procurement deal and off I go. They are now facing, particularly the major energy users, but, but all, SMEs as well, they're facing a bit of a, a sort of upheaval in what they need, let alone what they want. So what do they need? Well, do they need infrastructure for EVs? Do they need to do retrofitting? Do they need to have on-site generation? You know, um, what are they asking you for now that you you think, oh my God, five years they would have never asked me for this? I think the biggest thing is partnership. That um, you know, we have gone from exactly as you characterise. We've gone from that world where. Um, no matter how much we talked it up, it could be fairly transactional because yes. essentially we were supplying a commodity um, to, uh, to, to, con to consumers of that commodity. Um, we're now moving to a, a, a paradigm where actually there are lots of different questions and within each of those questions, like you, you, know, you touched on, on EVs, mm. well, um, to actually have a coherent approach to EVs, um, customers have to think about their policy and their drivers, why are they doing it? What are they trying to achieve? They've got to think about 
um, the infrastructure that they've, that they've got. That's some of their infrastructure, but it's some DNO infrastructure as well, some network um, and grid-side infrastructure that they, they can't directly influence. And they've got to think about um, their fleet review and, and actually what can they do. They've got to think of employee engagement. They've got to think of measuring. They've got to think of, is this a tax benefit? And, and, mm. and actually, how do we um, uh, encourage the behavioral change that mm. you need in this? Um, and as, um, as we know from doing it ourselves with our um, so-called EV Wonder, um, our, uh, our, our electric vehicle at, at Haven, you've also got to think about um, range anxiety and it's sometimes yeah, quite of justified. Yeah, of course it is. So, so are you having so to adjust? There's, 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 there's all of those aspects yeah. of, of a change which, which on the front of it sounds like something which could be another transactional exchange. Mm. We now as well as our electricity, we'd like a tariff that suits yeah. charging and we want you to install a charging point. Yeah. But actually there's so much more to it. So you need that sort of flexible partnership approach to enter in those discussions and sort of say, are you even asking the right questions? And of those questions, can we help you with some of the answers? And can we help you find someone to help you with the other parts of the answers? What you're talking about sounds like consultancy advice. Are you geared up for that? I think increasingly all suppliers have to be geared up for that deeper relationship with, um, with their customers. Now, we, as you know, work extremely closely with um with a number of consultancies uh, mm. as well so it is turning into a more complicated uh, landscape where different consultants have different strengths and different different things that they can offer to our our, our mutual customers um some of our customers are direct so there is no intermediary and we've got to be trying to support that those customers as their their main energy partner um uh, so we are to, moving into a world where I, I think for me that partnership and that flexibility starts to encompass um, actually a more diverse range, a uh, greater number of, of permutations of the services that we actually provide. Uh, um, well, I want to talk about the broker bit in a moment, but for the direct customers, have you had to upskill your, your, your team? Because it's very different from saying someone, hello, Sumit, what do you need? Here's some power. I'll give you do a good deal. From, oh, hang on, mate, what do you need? Oh, you want uh, a ground source heat pump. Oh, you want a CHP plant. You want all of these. It's a very different skill set and knowledge base that you'll have. What, what have you been doing to, to do that with your staff? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got um, in Haven, we've been investing in, in an energy services team. Um, so we've been building up, bringing in specialists. Some have been recruited internally, some come in from external, um, uh, and uh, bringing with them the skills, or we are investing in, in training them and developing the skills to start to offer a new tranche of services. We've also, frankly, been looking at the market and saying, um, actually, energy services is such a broad church. You know, as I described now with that, just now with, with EVs, which is something we've looked quite closely, you know, we've looked more closely at and we have a defined set of offers. Um, uh, but actually that's quite broad and that's just one tiny niche within mm. this big uh, landscape of, of, of possible um, service provisions. We also though pull on our, um, our, our sister companies in the mothership up at Drax who have um, a lot of deep engineering um, expertise. We've got a, a, a product incubation team with Drax. We've got a... Um, uh, research and innovation team 
uh, in DRAC. So we've got a lot of expertise um, in a lot of areas that are relevant to lots of our customers. Mm. There is a conflict, though, between um, uh, you know the industry moving towards this more diverse, more complex, more bespoke uh, world, mm-hmm. and still a large chunk of the industry, rightly quite often for their circumstances, want low cost, low price, yeah. which means standardization, which means yeah. um, actually efficiency, which means um, as well as investing in that sort of knowledge industry side of our, of our business, we also have to invent, invest in that process and systems heavy side of our business to make sure that actually those customers that want our core supplier offerings are getting a great service we're delivering efficiently we're delivering timely we're delivering um, high quality um, and that's not getting uh, prejudiced by um, the more bespoke things that we that we're offering on the yeah. other side of the business let's move on to the brokers or consultants the the, the relationship there uh, i i don't know how much of your market comes through i'm assuming sort of sort of 70 percent or qu- quite a big chunk i would assume because most suppliers are roughly the same um does all of this change in your skills put you in conflict with what the brokers are offering? Uh, so quite honestly, it could, but it doesn't. Right. So we, um, you know, bro- brokers, as you say, are extremely important to us, and, I, and they're extremely important to customers as well, which, mm. is why, which is why that ratio that you just quoted there is, is so consistent across yeah. all sectors and, 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 all, and, and most suppliers. Mm. Um, so we are extremely keen to work out a way of complementing one another and working together. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got a number of partnerships with, um, with specific brokers where we're finding ways to do that. I think, you know, frankly, it is a learning curve for, for, um, for both of us, and this is something that yeah. we're going through. But, the, um, you know, a, a great example of, it, of that and one of our, one of our flagship um, examples, I think, is our, is our energy partnership at um, Edgebaston with Amber Energy, mm-hmm. where we, you know, Amber is a broad-based, sort of, you know, fully broad consultant that's not just offering uh, contract, contract management type uh, services, but is offering a much broader suite of, of energy services. So potentially that could bring us into a situation where we're treading on each other's toes or tiptoeing around each other. And and if we're tiptoeing around each other, we're probably not doing the best job for the client that we can. Yeah, that's exactly um, the point, isn't it? Yeah. But, but, but instead, we've just got a you know, sufficient level of trust with Amber and with plenty of other consultants that we work with that we can get in a room at three-way with the client, uh-huh. um, uh, listen to their needs, um, and then just work on it collaboratively in, in broad daylight in front of each other rather than playing Chinese whispers in sort of a series of bilateral conversations. Actually, if you all go in with the right intention, it doesn't need to be awkward. No, sure. We're all just trying to benefit the customer um, uh, and um, uh, in, in an economic way. Uh, we're coming to the end, but I want to touch on a couple of points. Uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge uh, you'll be facing over the next 12 months? What, what, what is it? Or if not challenge, what, what's the thing you're going to be doing in the next 12 months that's going to be sort of different as well? Because often a challenge leads to the, the solution that becomes something that becomes a product. Um, where are you sitting on that sort of side? Uh, so I, I do think it, 
it is a challenge, but it's an extremely exciting challenge. And frankly, this this is this is absolutely shared across the industry. Um, but we I touched on it before, but the the, the um, rollout of smart meters mm-hmm. um, is a real uh, enabler for some huge changes in the industry. Now, you know, it springs to mind though because. It, although we're embracing it and we're, we we think it's very aligned with how we how we see the market and our place in it, um, it is extremely challenging. I think any industry wide mm. paradigm ch- changing rollout like this is always going to have challenges. Um, so it is really important that we uh, that we address that that we work in partnership um, across the industry to get it there. Um, and and why. I think it's so exciting it is you know look in the first instance it will give customers a lot of whom we know from surveys although it's gradually changing but a lot of whom we know are, are not fundamentally engaged with their with their energy yeah um so it will give them access it'll give them convenience because they'll have certainty over their bills instead of you know having a reconciliation every yeah. x months when the when when the manual manual meter read takes place um, and it will give them visibility of their um, profile and consumption patterns, which if that starts to engage them is a good thing. On its own, I'm, I'm not super sure that it's going to. But it does allow actors in the industry, whether that's suppliers, consultants, or both acting in, in, in concert, or, or in fact, new players, you know, mm. why not Google, I don't know. Yeah. Um, to start to develop new services and new ways of engaging with energy that, that frankly might work a bit better than, than what we've tried in the past. And, um, you know, when, when you can order a taxi on, on your mobile phone um, and watch while it, um, you know, drives around the block three times because he can't recognize you, you know, or, or um, uh, uh, and, and yet your energy bill is built on estimates for From an months meter. at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And then the rest, oh, you know, uh, so, just bringing us into the into the modern age um, and allowing us off to spring off the back of that, but not just to build services that are sort of directly off the back of it, but potentially allow us to to build and bring to market new business models, whole new ways of looking at what clients need um, and how we bridge the gap between what we're currently delivering and uh, and what that brave new future looks like. So yeah. it, it's incredibly exciting. Um, the next twelve months. I think is going to be the challenging bit, yeah. <laughs> and thereafter we'll start to get um, apply our imagination and um, uh, and uh, uh, and and our innovation and our excitement and our passion, and we'll start to see some of those uh, um, some of those new business models and new ideas come into the fore. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm pretty cynical about the smart meter rollout. I don't think it's going to hit its target, but whatever's for sure, this stuff is coming, this technology is coming. And that kind of leads me to the sort of end point I want to talk about, which I think the biggest challenge facing the sector is data and data management. And you've just said you'd get, you know, so much more information. How do you see that for Haven Drax? And how will you be able to make sure, A, you're gathering the data right for your customers, B, protecting it, you know, cybersecurity and not just that privacy, and then using that to create a way of, of, of changing behavior, which is what the thing everyone harps on, doesn't it? If you get the data, you get the information, then you can hopefully change behavior and we can get to where we want to be. Um, so the data play for you, how do you read that? Uh, so 
in some ways I think you got to look at this challenge the right way you know the this is this is not a unique problem and, and as I say in a lot of ways actually in the energy industry we have a uniquely uh, in some ways we have a uniquely complicated um, uh, angle on it you know even banking transactions or whatever compared to half hourly meter reads from you know hundreds of sites in a single customer's portfolio scattered over the entire country um, or you know sub second responsiveness for um, demand management schemes you know we do have some uh, fringe or uh, edge case kind of uh, kind of challenges to address but the the in big data industry has been developing um, unnoticed by our industry mm. for the last you know what, 20 years but then really got the um, rocket fired roller skates on for the last decade so there is a lot of expertise already out there and we're drawing on that and um, you know in in terms of uh, bringing in experts to make sure we're building our data I'm going to use lots of words please don't quiz me on them because I'm <laughs> not sure what they mean but you know building our building our data lake and and, and, and then our and our data warehouse and making sure that the um uh, the GDPR compliance and the data mm -hmm. protection is all in place, but at the same time, both the the sort of richness of that of that raw data and the responsiveness of um, the analytic capabilities are, are all there. So, you know, I, I guess in in a nutshell, it, it's a case of working with partners and with the experts that already exist in the industry to make sure that we're doing it right, because we understand energy we understand and are increasingly trying to make sure we we stay abreast of our customers changing needs and requirements in the face of regulatory um, requirements and the opportunities that those present so that's our role that's where we want to concentrate is on um, what are we trying to achieve here um, we will make sure that we're setting ourselves up to do that by bringing in the right experts, whether we're you know recruiting them or working with external partners or third parties, um, we're just trying to put uh, you know put the best pieces together to make sure that we can um, that we can achieve those outcomes for our customers and our partners. Excellent, Mark Edinson, Thank you very much for your time, and uh, we shall speak very soon. It's a pleasure. Good to speak to you, Jim.